Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind tabletop games. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. Yes, you are. And on today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the game Azul. Azul. This is one of my favorite games, Mike. I love this game. And what is it? It's a pretty game, first of all. Pretty game. Pretty. It's a very pretty game. It's so is it like you dress up things and you put makeup on them? You're dressing up a board oh. with beautiful tiles. For two to four players, it's a drafting game, meaning there's a kind of a set of resources in the middle of the table. People are pulling from getting the best things that they want, taking the things that other people want, ultimately to build a beautiful tile mosaic on your board. It sounds so pleasant and, like, really relaxing. It should be, (laughs) but it isn't. It is very relaxing at first until you start looking around and realizing, oh, Mike would really like those two red tiles and... I guess I could take them. And then I say, Dagnabbit! <laughs> exactly. Azul is, it is both relaxing and high intensity as you are looking around trying to create the most beautiful mosaic that has the most points for you while also denying those sweet, sweet tiles from everybody around at the table. Yeah, and that's pretty much Azul. It's, uh, it's got a couple of extra rules, but you should check it out. It's pretty fun. It's great. So to best understand the theme of Azul, because we're talking about tiles right yeah. now. Why are we putting down tiles? Like who puts like like you're talking about bathroom tiles? In a in a way, because they are ceramic tiles. We're we're talking about ceramic tiles that are being laid down. Now they're being represented by these adorable plastic pieces. But to get the best understanding of the theme of Azul, it's actually in the rule book. That right at the top of the rule book is a short paragraph that actually tells you, hey, here's why this is Azul. And I love it when games do that. That's what we're all about. Right. And so let's this this is just the first sentence. That's really all you need to get started with understanding why Azul. Why is it called that? What is this all about? So introduced by the Moors, Azulejos were fully embraced by the Portuguese when their King Manuel I, on a visit to Alhambra Palace in southern Spain was mesmerized by the stunning beauty of the Moorish decorative tiles. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of like names and terms and things like that, but let's focus in. What did we learn from that? The region that we're talking about is Spain, Spain and Portugal. The Iberian Peninsula. It's uh, that part that hangs off the bottom of Europe that looks like if you pan it out, it's like Italy's rearing up to kick a giant soccer ball. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) That's actually perfect. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Spain, Portugal, that that peninsula region. But it also mentions the Moors. Who were the Moors and what are these tiles that they're even talking about where Azul gets its namesake from? Well, the Moors was a name given to the Muslim population that made up much of northern Africa, which is right below the Iberian Peninsula, and, and those then that settled in southern Europe. Eventually, the term was used to refer to Arabs as the whole in all of those regions. But So we're specifically focusing on the Moors that settled in the Iberian Peninsula. So Iberia is a peninsula where Spain and Portugal are, which is just southwest of France. Mm-hmm. The Moors, uh, they started coming over the Strait of Gibraltar around 700 AD. From there, they got control of the region for another 700 years. Some estimate that around the year 1000, of Iberia's population of 7 million, 5 million were Muslim. And so, like, I just want to take a second to realize how big the Moorish influence was on Europe. We typically 
don't think about uh, Muslim or Arabic influence on European culture or anything like that. But I mean, they spread rapidly in this southwestern, but also just southern portions of Europe. And I mean, uh, the Moors, they had some pretty incredible scientists and mathematicians and uh, uh, a lot of our modern day science and theory came from Moorish people from that time period. In addition, they pushed forward a lot of interesting ways that our art developed as well, which is something that we'll talk about in a second. And this was all going so, so well for a while, at least. Until the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, yes. But <laughs> Sorry, I was going to make a Monty Python joke, but I'm not going to. But the Spanish Inquisition, yeah, they basically, it, it was the Catholics running around and making sure everybody is converting to Catholicism. If you were still a practicing Muslim or if you're still practicing a Judaism, they would basically try to catch you and and you would get killed for it. Yeah, and I mean, even 300 years before the Inquisition started, there were the quote-unquote Christian kings who had started to band together to try and uh, repel the Muslim influence from Europe. And so there were a lot of inquisitions. There, there like were medieval a lot. Inquisition, mm-hmm. Spanish Inquisition. There were some other ones in there, but they were all called something Inquisition. So, yeah, I mean, for 200, nearly 300 years, the Christian kings and the Christian sort of coalition pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And eventually the, the last Muslim stronghold was removed and then the, the the Spanish Inquisition kicked into full force and said, okay, well, now that we're in control, everybody else has to kind of deal with it Yeah, in a Which pretty rough way. Pretty unfortunate. But they left behind their tiles. They did. They left behind this beautiful, beautiful art form um, that, the like we said earlier, they're tiles, they're ceramic tiles. And the root of azul and azulejos, the, the word that it kind of is talking about here, is is Arabic, which means a small polished stone. And actually, before we even talk about that, we need to step back further in time to the art form that they were inspired from, which are zeligas. Zeligas, the Arabic style of tile art. And zeligas, if, if I was understanding this correctly, zeligas were actually smaller tiles that they grooved into different spots and set them. So they're not larger square tiles, right? Right, exactly. I did understand that correctly. Yeah, and so when you think about tiling or even azulejos, you think of larger tiles. But these these were starting and they started making these little patterns out of these tiny little ceramic pieces that were a couple different colors. It's a form of Islamic art, which means it can't depict images of people. So a lot of these were these beautiful, ornate patterns made with these tiny little tiles. It was a gorgeous mosaic. Yeah, Islamic law says that you cannot create a depiction of a man or a god or anything like that. That's considered a form of idolatry. And so instead, to best represent these ideas, they would create these expansive geometric patterns that would expand in beautiful ways to depict beautiful ideas or seem to span on infinitely to to kind of depict the infinite nature of God. And so that was the sort of workaround to create an artistic form of expression, religious expression. Honoring. Exactly. While still following the rules. 
And this style is normally associated with Morocco in northern Africa, which is right across the street from Iberia. Exactly. Yeah. So now we understand how it got there. <laughs> yeah, and you see, like I was saying before, you, you see all these very beautiful patterns, and they're sort of colorful. There, there, weren't, there were blues, there were greens, and there were yellows, but they didn't even introduce red until the 17th century, which that was really interesting because it cost a lot of money to dye things red. Yeah, that's the that's the thing is like we we have such colorful clothing nowadays, but like purple was considered a very royal color by a lot of cultures because it's hard to make purple dye without the sort of technology that we have today. And so, yeah, something like red is also a difficult thing to necessarily recreate Mm, because most of the dyes were from nature. Right. And blues and greens and yellows are really easy to get. So anyway. Back to azulejos. You understand what the zeligas is. The the azulejos are a similar idea. It's a tile mosaic. And these were specifically built in Spain and in Portugal. This art form, this kind of next step in the process, was starting around the 13th century. And for a while, they looked very much like the Arab equivalent that was being done across the way in Morocco. You've got gigantic sheets of mosaics and rather than starting off with the small tiles like you were talking about earlier they'd make a giant tile and then break it up into smaller pieces and then rearrange them into interesting patterns but still staying in this idea of patterns patterns of ideas and shapes and geometric interestingness rather than trying to depict anything that is like a a man or even a building or anything like that i thought these were really neat the patterns because you could have in one corner one design and then the other corner like a smaller design and and i i it's going to be a little hard to explain this talking about it opposed to seeing it visually but you can put this one bigger corner or this bigger design in the corner and make one shape but if you flip it around entirely it makes a completely different shape and so you really can play with and i remember looking at some of the pictures these amazing designs with even just a single one type of tile which was really fascinating to me. Yeah, it, they're they're gorgeous. You should absolutely, I mean, while, while you're searching for Azul, the game, search for these patterns. Go look at them. They're 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 wonderful. And like I like I said, they they followed that pattern format for a while until around the 18th century, which is considered the golden age of this particular art form. And I always think about the 18th century as the golden age of Azulejos all the time. It is. I mean, <laughs> like you said, you Google it. They are beautiful. But we start to see now that because the Muslim influence has been largely removed at this point from Europe, we're now starting to see less abstract styles and much more concrete styles still making mosaics or making things out of these tiles, but they are quite literally depicting saints or Christ or specific scenes from the Bible rather than trying to symbolically represent them through a pattern of some kind. Mm -hmm. So that being said, they would also put these in the front of cities and palaces as like welcoming people. They would be like, hey, welcome to our city. And it would be created by these mosaics. Or they would have saints in, like you were saying, to protect different cities. Mm -hmm. But I love that idea that you were talking about how cities would put it at the gates or outside of it too, because I mean, what a perfect first impression, like a beautiful impression of the area. 
And it's still today, you can still see these things. And so in a sense, you can still see the effect of the Moorish people on Iberia and Southern Europe and everything like that. It's, I think the stuff is beautiful. And you can find them in subways. Yeah. I think, yeah. I remember, just imagine going into a New York subway and seeing this gorgeous work of art that wasn't completely vandalized. I think that's the other thing is there's such a respect for all of these because it's such a steep tradition mm-hmm. in the area. And there's there's not much more to talk about when it comes to them. I would say if you get a chance, really Google it and look at There's tons of different pieces. We can only describe so many with our voices, you really have to just take it in by looking at them. It's very much a visual medium. And I mean, playing the game as well, you get that very, yes, it has the tactile feel of placing the, the tiles and that's very satisfying, but the, the beautiful mosaic that you are creating is, it's, it's very satisfying putting those pieces into place and watching this pattern begin to emerge. Mm-hmm. And a very Spanish Inquisition kind of feel when you get what you want and make <laughs> the other people do what you need. And you take, <laughs> take from from the others. Exactly. So if you don't got anything else. That all, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, this is a short episode today. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Board. If you have any questions, comments, or uh, want to correct us about anything, go ahead and send all those inquiries to beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at goingbtb, or you can hit that little subscribe button or leave a review. We'd love that. Actually, a review would be great because Apple's algorithm, actually, the more reviews you get, even if you, you could just say, like, crocodile. And as long as you put five stars, that's okay with us. We know what you meant. We know what you meant. We crocodile you, too. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.